The Golden Valley's 95.3 Triple M. We have so many great Australian artists that have really forged the way for, for lots of young artists out there coming up as solo performers or indeed in bands. And a man that has done both and more is Diesel, known as Mark Lazotte or the other way around, whichever you prefer. Over 30 years of recordings, he has toured the world, toured Australia extensively, and he's back once again with a very exciting new project called the Sunset Suburbia Trilogy, and he's about to embark as of this Friday on a six-month tour around the country, playing all his hits and, of course, the new music as well. He joins me on the phone. Diesel, good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you, mate. You've you've been a very busy man for, well, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. You don't you haven't never really seemed to take a break. I mean, you know, I look at your uh, I look at your history here. I mean, I'm seeing ARIA awards over six of them, literally three years in a row. You were male recording artist of the year in 93, 94, 95, which if my maths is right, you're in your 20s. Um, and that was coming hot off your time in the injectors, is that right? Yeah, look, um, you know, I guess there was that period in Perth where, where um, I mean, my parents kind of like moved around constantly and then they sort of stopped like as I got into high school um, and we sort of parked ourselves there for a while. Mm. Um, and yeah, there was that time where, um, you know, I kind of busted out of my bedroom and into the pubs and that was all exciting. But I guess uh, after a few years of that, I've started questioning, you know, well, where is it all going and how do I make it, you know, go further and I want to make records, you know, that was mm. my dream. I want to, you know, do what these other people are doing. <laughs> and it, it was just, you know, it was kind of starting to feel like a bit of a cul-de-sac. Um, so, yeah, we came across the Nullarbor, um, the three of us left one person behind shortly, but they joined us later. But, you know, we arrived in Sydney with $93 between the two, of, between the three of us. And um, luckily we had somebody who was... Um, not officially our manager, but just kind of was helping us to get things going and had already booked shows um, in advance for us and stuff. And so, yeah, things just escalated. And, you know, to, to have such a huge debut album, it was the, the biggest debut album by any Australian act at that point in, of all time. Yeah, that was, the, that was the, you know, biggest debut by an Australian band or artist of all time at mm. that point. Mm. So, you know, no one could see that coming. And then, of course, the obvious thing would have been to, yeah, um, keep that going, make a record two and three, four, mm-hmm. and then. But I, I just, I guess that was like a project for me, and um, I didn't see it, of course, like that at the time. I didn't really think about it too much because, yeah, I, I guess, you know, that the story of of coming off the bus and you know that was that was our reality, and and you're not really, you know thinking like, okay, um, what are we going to do when blah, 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 blah. It just, it was just basically basic survival mm, <laughs> at that mm, point. Yeah. So it, it all kind of went really smashingly well, um, I, I guess you could say, the highest selling album of that year and the biggest debut of all time. Um, so that, that was... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good yeah, result. Sort of um. tick, tick that box. But, um, you know, I, I realised... I guess in the year that after that, by about 1990, because the record came out in 89, that, you know, I didn't really have a plan for the next thing and it started really bugging me and I started feeling terrible, you know, um, as in, a point, as in, a, in the sense of like, I just felt like, what's wrong with me? You know, why don't, well, how come I'm not feeling it anymore? And then I realized it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to just keep doing with this. I've got to, I've got to be a solo artist. That's what's going to make me, you know, happy, I guess. Mm. Um 
or at least make me be able to allow me to be able to make the music that I can, you know, dream in my head, sort of thing. Yeah. And it, it was a hard thing because you know you've, you've pulled these people along, you've, you've all been on this ride, and then you're about then you pull the pin on and go, okay, sorry guys, I'm getting, I'm jumping out, you know, I'm jumping off this ride, mm. and they all, you know, it was, you know, was one of those like, okay, right, okay, and. You know, nobody was like, oh, that's cool. I really understand. You know, but there was the, the hard feelings kind of didn't last too long, thankfully. And, I, you know, I still get to see see them all. Um, and in, in one case, in particular with Boney, the sax player, you know, he lives up in Darwin. And I just saw him like last week and he got up and played. And it's beautiful. You know, like we we still have this real simpatico um, when we play together. That's precious, you know, and... and so, and he totally, you know, he's never said like, why did you break the band up? You know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those things, you know, the record, especially record companies, they, they don't want anything to, want, when they have a cash cow, it's a natural thing to just want to keep keep it going. And that's, that's just business 101, mm. you know, no hard feelings at them. But it's just, um, yeah, one of those things. So luckily, yeah, the solo thing for me kind of, um, yeah, it took traction as well because um, that was a, kind of a big gamble as well but I think if I'd made a record that sounded exactly like my first album with the band but it was just without the band people would have been like you know why the hell did he do that yeah. <laughs> so, but the record was really different and you know expanded like quite out wide you know on musical horizons and stuff so mm. yeah but have I been busy well yeah I mean I guess ever since we got off that bus you know <laughs> it just hasn't stopped <laughs> I just haven't I haven't got back on it I've just been busy no, doing my thing pretty yeah. much but you know, it's, it, I guess it's a cycle for most musicians, I suppose, except the ones that decide that they don't like to tour, mm. um, or the ones that decide they don't like to make records. I, I, you know, either or. But you know, you make a record, you tour. You make a record, you tour, and, and it's kind of like a pattern um, that is very familiar. Mm. Um, for me, it's it's always been I can't have one without the other. So. Yeah, that's that's how I've arrived at seventeen or eighteen records. I think it is now. So, and um, and, and counting. I mean, I look I... at it. Go, <laughs> I probably could have squeezed a few more, and I feel a bit lazy actually. Oh well, looking th- <laughs> looking through uh, your story, mate, I can tell you whatever it's worth that you are not lazy. Um, you've been very very active uh, in in different music yeah. uh, scenes, and of well, course, you know, with other people. I guess it's it's just down to like for for me, I feel like you know I could just make records every week. <laughs> it's wow. Just like, but I know that's not a, a, a you know a realistic approach. So um, you know there has to be a whole kind of pat, a whole sort of uh, cycle to it, and mm. um, and, and you got to allow other people to kind of absorb and and to be a part of it too. You know, I, I, I don't think it's just like one of these things of. Although you know, with the internet these days, as you know, it's it's a lot. The, the path to get music out is a lot lot quicker. So it's also a lot easier cool. to cheat as well. For us workaholics <laughs> like me. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's interesting uh, what you were just saying there about, you know, getting off the bus and, and getting into the Sydney scene. I've spoken to members of UMI, uh, the Angels, the Screaming Jets, In Excess, uh, Choir Boys, uh, about that pub scene in Sydney and Melbourne uh, in, in their sort of 80s, uh, you know, 70s and 80s. And it was rough. That's where you cut your teeth. Uh, crowds were very unforgiving. And that's where you really, uh, you know, you basically got that feedback straight away. Did you find yeah. that scene you were pushed um, to get better and better and better? Uh, was it a scene you enjoyed, and did it make you a better musician? Look, you know, I, I mean, I've, I can honestly say I've had a few things thrown at me, um, vessels of hard um, nature, <laughs> <laughs> you know, things that shouldn't be hurled. Um, mm. But, you know, I mean, 
not. I'm really lucky in that sense. I mean, we we did a support with Midnight Oil. Um, this was going back to probably ten years, maybe even more now. Actually, it was the last Capricorn tour mm-hmm. that they did when they just decided that they were going to stop, and they didn't really make a big deal out about it. And it was just suddenly like, oh, that was our last tour, and and. Yeah, so we didn't have any idea, but it was actually the last tour that we were doing at the time. And, yeah, I mean, everyone said, oh, you're going to get, you know, you're going to have to really, you know, blah, 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 because supporting Midnight Oil is really one of the hardest. And it, it definitely is. But, um, you know, they're also big music fans. And I think Australians in general are, you know, just big music fans. Um, you know, they can be tough, definitely. They They don't sort of tend to just, like, hoo-ha and hurrah just for the hell of it like other like maybe in other countries just to get up on stage and they're already cheering it's like hang on i haven't even played anything yet you know? um <laughs> they've been, a little they've bit been there more. for two days <laughs> yeah they're a bit you know maybe it comes from the convict sort of uh background to they're mm. just a little bit sort of kind of like come on impress you got to do something impress us you know mm. um a little hard at first but once when you win them over that you know they're, they're they're very loyal and they just, yeah, they really get into it. I mean, for me, you know, I guess um, the amount of solo shows that I do, which is quite a lot, but playing like at the Byron Bay Blues Festival um, a couple of years ago now, just in a on the main stage at like, you know, five in the afternoon to sort of like 8,000 people and I'm up there on my own and I've got, it, got everybody singing and clapping and like, Every practically every word that you know is, is being sung back at me, mm. and I just think, wow, you know, this is they're really giving me, you know, the love. Um, so you know, like, how can I say these Australian audiences are like just brutal because look, they're just like I've got a meeting at the palm of my hand. But you know, there's been a long road to get there. It's not I didn't just didn't just kind of like come out of my bedroom and step into that. But yeah, I think I think they are. It, it definitely does push you a little harder and. Um, you know, I think also when I was emerging around 14, 15, I, I, there's a really memorable time and um, it all happened in the space of like one year where I was 14, 15, obviously sneaking into this one particular venue called the, the Melbourne Hotel, the old Melbourne Hotel in Perth. And I saw like, I think practically in succession, um, Midnight Oil, um, Rose Tattoo, Divinals, Cold Chisel, um, In Excess, all like in the same venue, and it was it was just like, well, okay, this is the standard. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know? mm. This is how good you know you need to be because they were all just on fire. They were all seriously had gotten their stride at that point. I mean, Midnight Oil were touring like ten to one. I think Chisel were doing you know Circus Animals. Divinals were on their second or third album. Um, you know, and In Excess were about to you know they were like two albums away from world domination and absolutely exploding so i mean everyone was just you know on fire there was no one going up there doing anything haphazard i can tell you <laughs> yes i bet you there wasn't it was uh, as you said you know it can be very unforgiving and you sometimes don't get another chance yeah but you know we have a very high standard here that's i guess my point at the end of that long diatribe is we we've always had a really high standard so i hope we we can always keep that tradition because you know, that's something that I've heard from, you know, international mm. artists that, that is just like, geez, you know, you guys have, you know, got a really, you know, high standard. Of well, so I think good. that standard is dropping with some of the music reality shows, but we won't get into that. I don't want to well, start you a know, <laughs> I mean, that's another reality, I suppose. Yeah. Look, you know, I, I can only say one thing about this. People that come off those shows is, you know, whatever happens on TV, they have to go out and prove 
themselves. At the end of the day, it's, you know, people have, will, will forget them in a year. That's the harsh reality. So if they go out and make another, I guess that's the, the irony is that they come out of a reality show and then have to literally make a reality for themselves. But that's what I say. <laughs> and the ones yeah. that do, like, go on and, and become great artists, you know. So, But they have actually walked out of that into, like, okay, now the hard yards actually really really do start. You know? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, at the end of the day, if they've been playing in the pubs and, and doing the small shows yeah. before going on to the big show, then that's going to be a big advantage because they know what is in, what kind of work they have to do. And I mean, they might get more people at the shows, which is what the yeah. intention should be. I've always yeah. been really blasé about that whole concept, I, just, I have to say, because, um, you know, and people sort of throw it at me and go, what do you think of that? Well, I'll, I'll say, mm. well, to starters, there's nothing new under the sun because I think it literally is technically the oldest um, format in the in the world. When radio kicked up before TV, what was the f- the first type of sh- well, two type of shows went on radio besides the news. It was like um, on on radio plays and on radio talent shows that was what started radio mm, mm. so it's the oldest kind of concept in the world so it's like why why are we so surprised about it you know true true it's very yeah. good point um now of course uh, we know that you are your family with uh, the great jimmy barnes um and of course he's got great mu- new music out at the moment which uh we're, we're all loving we think jimmy's in the best form of his life you've worked extensively together over many many years what's it like working so closely with with jimmy and then vice versa him working with you well, you know, Jimmy is um he's an artist who you know, I can I can there's very few artists I've worked with though I can say like his his MO, which I, I came across quite early in my career. Um, you know, and I guess we share a kindred sort of spirit when it comes to that. You know, we we I remember he used he used to make jokes about it, you know, like how you going, blah blah blah, you know. Um we'd both be on the road and doing different things and we'd sort of meet up and go, you know, it's like, yeah, try to save yourself. Oh, you've been a bit sick or you got this, or you got sore throat or blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm. try to save yourself tonight. Don't, you know, it's like, yeah, right. You know, we both sort of would laugh about it as if, as if you can sort of like <laughs> save anything in the tank. And, you know, Jimmy is, you know, yeah, he's definitely that. His MO is, is go out and give everything like there's no tomorrow. And then when tomorrow comes around, go out and give everything like there's no tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's his, that's his MO, you know? So, um, yeah, there are, there, there are people who I, you know, it's not a criticism, but I've seen it. It's like, well, they definitely did, were like reserving some tonight. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Know? Holding back. For whatever bit, reasons, you know? you know, but yeah, I guess that's the whole thing. And, and at the back of, in the back of my mind, that's the only way I know how to do it. It's not like I, it's almost like if I could, have might say and choose the other way to kind of I'll, maybe I would but I just have no say in it you know no matter mm. what um, you know the circumstances are I, I you know I go out and, and sort of give it like this like there is no tomorrow and that's it just seems to work for me so absolutely <laughs> that broke down another way. yeah exactly but um yeah sometimes tomorrow rolls around and it, you go gee I wish I didn't tear it up so much last night because I'm really feeling it but then you just have to push harder you know that's right. that's, that's the thing you're going to so, get blisters on your fingers mark <laughs> well, that's, yeah that's that's the idea that's but, it. <laughs> i mean you know that they, they people don't come into a room, pay money to, to see someone say, oh, sorry, guys, I stayed up all night, you know, mm. I haven't got much of a voice, you know, you're going to have to sing all the songs Good for point. me. Mm. I mean, it's cute, you know, but it's like, that's, it's not like, you know, I, I don't think.
think that's it's not going to wash. A bit of a cop out, you know, really. One hundred percent, it's so. a cop out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why you're still performing and still held in such the high regard you are, uh, Mark. There's no question about that. I want to talk about your new project. Very interesting. Okay. Now, if I correct me if I get this wrong, this is the Suburbia trilogy. Uh, now, of course, what you are doing is releasing a series of EPs, uh, four, five, six songs, uh, leading up to a new album next year. Have I got that right? Yeah, basically, it's it's just a different way of slicing an album up into pieces. Um, mm-hmm. I like it because I find albums are a little overwhelming. They're also kind of a little sad in a way because you, you do it all and it's kind of like this big feast and then it, and mm-hmm. then it's over and you sort of you know you want it to sort of last longer. I always do. Um, there's always that. Oh, we're getting to the last bits of the album. You know, there's a feeling of like you know, relief as well, but it, it never seems to like last long enough for me. So making the EPs and then with gaps in between is, it's, it's kind of cool. It also allows each little section to have its own kind of, you know, little environment thing that happens yep. with the songs that are conti- like a, a, a likeness and just a little bit of a story, you know, they'd be not that there's, you know, huge planning and conceptual kind of realization here or anything with with each EP, but kind of is, you know, it just sort of happens, you know, in a natural sort of way. So hmm. they're like mini albums, I guess, for me. Do you, like. yeah. do you find that, I mean, with that format and, and separating it from the album experience, do you find that if you have uh, an EP format with less songs, you can give those songs more attention and care um, and or maybe go over them more? Um, yeah. yeah. No, it, it is a little bit more like sort of fo- a little bit more easier to focus, definitely. Mm. Like, like, yeah, the overwhelming thing of like doing 16 tracks and then, you know, I used to have to make boards, you know, with, with put them all on like these these like uh just yeah big sort of office boards so i can see them because i just get lost in the forest i don't know what is what <laughs> they're all like these a bunch of strangers you know and you're kind of trying to get to know them all um so yeah it's 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 better to kind of for me anyway to be a bit a little bit more intimate with four tracks at a time sort of Absolutely. Now, of course, uh, looking looking uh, looking through the influences for the album, uh, Mark. Every album you seem to go in a very different direction. You've gone down to the uh, Americana angle recently. Uh, with this, how did you approach uh, th- these songs? Uh, was it very much with a, a set format, which you've done all through all the years, um, or did you want to take on things a little bit differently? Was there a particular influence at the moment, whether it be a different genre genre of music? Well, I guess out of necessity and on, on, yeah. More than anything, is it's the mother of invention, um, and for me, I've been working with so many other artists in the last couple of years. Um, doing a lot of stuff with my daughter as well, um, Lila Gold. So that's that's taken a lot of my time. Um, so when it came to kind of making my own records, I had no demos. Um, it's not like I don't like the whole process of making demos. I just, I guess I am. You know, I'd be lying if I if I said I wasn't getting. Um, a bit blasé about that whole process because I'm in the studio all the time and mm. I've, I've gotten quite handy um, at recording and you know um, it's it's yeah I feel like I know that this this apparatus you know the recording studio pretty well um, of course I'm still learning things you never stop but yeah I'm, I'm definitely cutting to the chase a bit more and I have that confidence now where it's just like let's just do it you know that's the kind of approach that I've had with this um, thing, and I'm lucky with my drummer who's been with me 18 years now. Um, he's 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 
okay to roll that way. Like he'll come in and he won't freak out and go like, well, I don't know what we're doing today. You haven't sent me a demo or a rough or whatever. And I'll go, you know, like he's not about to say that. So literally I, I just get grab a guitar and I just sort of bash something. And it might be just something that I dreamt the night before um, in a couple of cases on these, these EPs. It has been that. And I just kind of show him something really vague and he'll go, okay, yeah, I can. Yeah. All right. That's enough. Let's, 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 let's get out, get out our little yeah. stations. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we get all the sounds up and that a lot of, you know, recording is just the inspiration you get when you've got the sounds going, you know, yeah. you've got the headphones on, drums are sounding really good. You put a bit of this, that, and the other on it, get a vibe going, you know, light the incense, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> Dim the lights, you know, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's like cooking, you know, it really is. It is, um, it is There's a lot of analogies because it's like you've got quality ingredients. You need, you need, you know, you need some good melodies. Mm. Um, you need a good chord progression. You need... You know, you need a groove or whatever it is that's going to make the backbone of the song. You need, you know, you need to go to the markets, get those quality ingredients, and then the rest of it's kind of timing, knowing how much to put in. You know, it, it you can overcook it. Absolutely, <laughs> you, know, you, you can, can really have the wrong temperature. Yeah, yeah, you know, like for years, I'd go to London, and I hope I don't, you know, offend any, you know, people <laughs> from the UK. But London now has like you know, incredible food. But in the early 90s, it was like, it was a common knowledge that people would say, look, look I don't know what happens here. It's the same produce that you get all through Europe, but they bring this produce in and they just destroy it, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, now it's the opposite, but yeah. yeah. Unless you liked, you know, pork pies and some Ooh. of the classic English food, that was that was always there. But, you know, there was very few gastro, gastro pubs and there was just very few good restaurants, really. It was just shocking. It made me miss but, home um, when I'd eat in London. Oof. So, yeah, it's a, it's a classic example of no matter, even if you have good ingredients, you can still destroy it. So that's the same with music. Mm. And, um, I, you know, I, I think I've, I've kind of learned a few sort of do's and do nots. Um, so, yeah, the, this, these EPs are like very much done on the fly um, in a live kind of way um, just, just to get the, the rudiments down. And then, of course, there's overdubbing after that. But, yeah, there's, there's been no real kind of, um, you know, sort of master plan or anything it's just sort of but yeah like anything you start and um you know you start knitting and mm. you you know you just kind of go from corner to corner and you, you get the cornerstones and mm. they just sort of fit in the rest of the pieces because that's that's sort of how it how it works it's it's a it's a lot like yeah putting together some kind of puzzle talking about you in the studio uh mark are you an analog or a digital guy or um, I love analog gear on the front end, you know, like the stuff that's making the sounds, but I've really become of a detached myself from the whole medium of tape. You know, people get all, mm. you know, doughy, doughy eyed about it. And, you know, it, it's got a sound. Yeah, I'll, I will say that. But I've kind of learned to sort of manipulate things to get them to sound the way I do. And the editing, um, you know, like this, this, you know, when we're doing things the way we're as I've just described, editing, of course, is really handy because, you know, you're just slamming things down. You go, okay, well, that's good, but let's chop it in half or let's put that bit there. And, um, you know, that was all doable years ago, but it was destructive editing with tape. You know, um, if you know, the more I learn about some of the classic albums like uh, Tattoo You, for instance, by, uh, by um, Rolling Stones, mm. that was such a hodgepodge album, you know, that really was stuck together. Mm. <laughs> it's one of my favorite albums, but... That was all put together from all bits and pieces. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, so editing can be really creative. I guess my point is, is, is yeah, editing can be like a, a, a creative tool in itself. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and 
the editing that is offered on offer with the computer-based recording is just, you know, it's, it's incomparable, really. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely true. And uh, obviously makes the process a bit easier. Uh, from, it's from the old I'm Apple saying. Z, you know, Apple <laughs> Z, to sort of undo. It's, <laughs> yeah, that took about two Let's hours, didn't it? No, no, uh, that's terrible. No, undo. <laughs> and that took like such a long time to do. Uh, oh, God. People I've spoken to, yeah. So I'll, I'll just wrap it up very quickly, um, uh, Mark. Uh, obviously, the tour sure. kicks off this Friday. Six months worth of dates going all around Australia. You're excited. You love you love the road, and you're looking forward to uh, bringing out this uh, new material and, of course, lots of your classics from the last 30 years. Yes. Well, you know, the, the piece of string gets longer with, the, with as far as the singles and that go, but it's nice having the greatest hits out um, now it sort of puts them all into one nice little showcase um, bundle, <laughs> mm. and um, yeah, we've we've I've, it's made me sort of pull out a few songs that I haven't played for a while as well. Having them all on that in that one collection, it's kind of brought them to the to the light into the light again, mm. which is nice. Excellent. Well, we're very we're very much looking forward to seeing you on the road, uh, Mark. This, the album is Sunset Suburbia. It's part of the uh, trilogy series. We're expecting the second one out later this year. Mark Lazotte, thank you so much for coming on to Triple M. All the best with the tour and, of course, the release. See you soon. Cheers.